0: Previewing every game of the English Premier League. Please gabble responsibly. This is the Clubhouse Premier League Betting Preview with SportsBet.io. Welcome
1: to the Clubhouse Radio Premier League Betting Preview. Every week off the Premier League match days, we're here with the best betting insights, hints and tips for the week's matches. And I'm going to have to say that I, David Eason, your host, uh, back with a voice that suggests, yes, people are going to football once more. Uh, is joined by uh, former Liverpool striker Neil Mellor and the journalist John Bruin. Hello, gentlemen, how are we?
0: Dave, all right. Uh, Hi, Dave.
1: All good. Looking ahead to another uh, big week of Premier League football. Uh, There's some interesting, tasty encounters out there once again. Um, Let's have a quick look through what exactly this weekend uh, will be bringing us. Uh, in the Premier League, it starts on Friday night uh, with uh, Newcastle United against Leeds United at what should be a raucous St. James's Park, uh, and then on Saturday we have the lunchtime kickoff of Wolves against Brentford, followed by four three o'clock: Burnley, Arsenal, Liverpool, Palace, City against Southampton, and Norwich City against Watford. With Aston Villa against Everton, the uh, for old timers the, the Derrick Mountfield Derby, uh, and on the Sunday, which is uh, it's getting on for super. Uh, you do start with Brighton against Leicester, then it gets even more, well, they're both at two o'clock, well, West Ham United against Manchester United, and the 4.30, big game to finish the weekend is Tottenham against Chelsea. Okay, so let's uh, let's kick off with the Friday night game. It's Newcastle United against Leeds United, uh, and the prices for this one, interesting for this that Leeds are maybe not that Leeds are the favourites for this just 2.25 for Leeds 2.9 for Newcastle and the draw is 3.4 Neil Mellor having watched Leeds being I'm going to say dismantled slightly by Liverpool last weekend are they really the favourites to go into this game away at Newcastle considering the start that they've had
2: I think what you would say is both have had a disappointing start to the season Both still looking for that first win, still looking for the first clean sheet. So defensively, they've been a little bit vulnerable. I think when you're looking at both these teams, you're thinking Leeds is a happier place than Newcastle. You're saying about the atmosphere at Newcastle and I'm not sure what the atmosphere will be like. They're talking about potential protests. I'm not sure at what stage those protests will be. Against Southampton in the in the previous home game, they were booing after 20 minutes at 0 nil They're not happy and they want some improvement there at Newcastle. And I'm not sure they're going to get it in this game. Callum Wilson's not going to be playing. That's a huge blow for them. Joe Willick is a doubt, but I think he will be fit, as well as Kieran Clark, who both went off against Manchester United. So I'm looking at this, Dave, and I'm thinking, I can understand why Leeds United will be favourites for this one.
1: John, if you, if you look at Leeds after uh, the, the, the time that they had against, against Liverpool, where it, it could have been any old score that game, but not with a Leeds victory, is this exactly the kind of game that they would like? A, a team against New, a, a team like Newcastle who will give them opportunities and, and probably will suit their game a bit better?
0: I think... Uh, I'll probably twist it around a little bit. I think Newcastle might be quite happy they're playing Leeds at this point. Uh, I think Leeds have started not well. Um, Okay, we can set aside the Liverpool game maybe a little bit because Liverpool really did look back to being Liverpool. Um, The Burnley game uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, I I, I covered this. Uh, Leeds were not great in that game um, and uh, it was a one-all draw and I think Burnley felt uh, a little aggrieved. Um, The Bielsa thing... um, when it works, it looks great, doesn't it? When it doesn't, it can come apart. The only thing I would say is that uh, Leeds do seem to be taken apart by better teams at the moment, and I'm not sure Newcastle are a better team. Uh, as Neil points out, the lack of Callum Wilson, and actually, as Newcastle fans have been protesting about for quite a while, the lack of much other talent in the squad may mean that Leeds get away with this one. But I don't think they're in a good spell. Um Obviously, they'll be be without Pascal Stroke. I think Lorente went off injured in that last game. He's had a few injury problems. Listen, you can't say that Leeds are in any sense in any sort of crisis, but it's been an underwhelming start. Um, We're not allowed to mention the Bielsa bounce, of course, because the the Leeds fans get very angry about that. But um, there are signs that maybe uh, a group of players that came up from the Championship, and did so well. I'm not saying the Dune doing Sheffield United. I'm not saying Bielsa is, you know, Chris Wilder. Uh, the Chris Wilder is a good manager, um, but I think Steve Bruce might fancy this one.
1: Well, last season, it was uh, two wins for Leeds. Uh, there was a 5-2 at Ellen Road, a 2-1 uh, win away at Newcastle uh, with Rafinha and Jack Harrison getting the goals. uh, Elmiron, uh getting the one in between to equalise, but Harrison with the winner pretty much straight away. Um, I think you're right to mention that, Neil, that the, the the atmosphere at Newcastle, they might have been happier with no fans in, even though they got beat against Leeds last, last, last time out. Uh, this time, it's it it's about results though, isn't it? I mean, if Newcastle go out there and, and take the lead early on, Leeds, Leeds could, could be in trouble, but do you expect goals in this one?
2: I do expect goals. Uh, And and like we pointed out earlier on, the fact that neither have had a clean sheet, I I think they will concede, both of them, a lot of goals. This season, we we know the way that certainly Leeds like to play a little bit more open, expansive, and we'll give Newcastle opportunities. Without Callum Wilson, I think that's a big, such a big blow, though, for Newcastle. With him, I, I would say Newcastle have got a good chance. Without him, I'm thinking... I'm thinking maybe a draw at best for Newcastle in this one. Leeds have had two big beatings to title rivals in United and Liverpool. Um, but but I think this is where Leeds get the, the first victory of the season. I think Dan James may well come in for his first start. He played the last 20 minutes against Liverpool. I thought he looked quite lively. I think he may start. Rafinha, as we know, is a, a talented player. And, and Bamford will, will cause Newcastle defence problems. So I, I'm swaying towards both teams to score and Leeds United just to nick this one.
1: Well, Leeds to win and both teams to score is three point nine. Uh, that's Neil Mellor's choice on that one. The both teams to score is very short at one point five five. John, where, where's your money going on this one?
0: I, I'm going to hedge it a little bit. I, I I fancy a draw really. Um, I I just think that both of these teams are, are desperately out of form. I think I think one thing to, to note was that I think a few Newcastle fans would tell you that they didn't actually defensively aside you know, that's a big part of the game didn't actually play that badly at Old Trafford last week they were just more caught in the, the Ronaldo storm um, but <laughs> it's funny isn't it Newcastle fans and they find it quite hard to praise their team at the moment so you know let, okay let, let, let's let go for it let's go for a Newcastle win in this one
1: and both, both teams to score
0: yeah yeah why not oh. uh, and Steve Bruce hailed as the hero of the Gallagher Okay, that's 100 to 1. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, Newcastle to win and both teams to score is five. So that's, uh, John's idea on that one. Uh, just go through those goal scorers. Uh, Patrick Bamford is, uh, your first goal scorer favourite at 4.35, 2.1 any time. I oh, know, actually, five first goal, uh, 2.5 any time. Uh, and then you've got the likes of Joe Linton at seven first goal, Alan Sam Maximin at seven. Um, and then, if you look down to Rafinha, who did score last time out here at St James's, eight first goal for Rafinha, 3.5 any time. That's Newcastle United against Leeds United, which kicks off this weekend. Uh, and we will continue here on Clubhouse Radio. On sportsbet.io, looking ahead to Saturday's matches. So Saturday then and the lunchtime kickoff in the Premier League is Wolves against Brentford and the prices here are Wolves 1.86, uh, very short at home to beat Brentford 4.45 and the draw is 3.1. Uh, John Bruin I'll start with on this. Uh, Wolves got themselves uh, the win that they've probably deserved more than any other team in this the start of the Premier League. They have... Um, we've spoken about XG in the past, but Wolves are the side who just could not put the ball in the back of the net. And they finally did against Watford. And they're the side who play better than their their current form, would seem to suggest. Uh,
0: Yes, yes. Uh, Bruno Large, who uh, I don't know if he's related to Eddie, um, seems to... he one for the teenagers. Yeah, yeah. He he, um, does seem to have... uh, Despite those slightly dodgy results, has won won the hearts a little bit of the Wolves fans who were concerned about the replacement for Nuno because the signs have been good in those games. Um, the the issue, despite that that does seem to be scoring goals for Wolves, um, but on the other side of that, I was I was at Brentford last week against Brighton, uh, and you know that team is absolutely full of energy. Um, but did tire towards the end against Brighton. Uh, unfortunately, four chances fell to Bryant and Buemo, in which he missed all of them. Uh, I think that Thomas Frank will be hoping that Ivan Tony is able to get a bit closer to goal than last week when he tried to score for a halfway line. Um, I think Brentford, um, they got a bit of a lesson last week against Brighton. I think they might be a little bit more cautious in this. Wolves is a tough test for them. I don't really see them getting much out of this game, actually. I don't want to say that the Brentford honeymoon is over, but um, their players and the hustle and bustle they put in, I think a team full of quality like Wolves should find it easy enough against them.
1: Neil, as a side like Brentford, um, this is what the Premier League's all about, isn't it? This, This is completely new to them, but it's the week in, week out going to go into teams like Wolves, and they know they've got to they've got to get something from these kind of games because they will occasionally get a, a a beating. They might well pick up points against sides you know weaker sides like Arsenal, but they will have <laughs> tough games at Wolves, and and this is this is the bread and butter, isn't it? I think if there's one game this weekend, you're thinking, oh, which one am I going
2: to miss? Might take the misses out for a dinner. This one could be the one. Uh, I'm not expecting it to be a thriller. A brunch. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, look at they've both played four games. They've both had. Not a great deal of goal involvement. I mean, you talk about Brentford there, one shot on target at home in the Premier League. You know, they've just arrived in the Premier League. Yes, full of energy, but they, they perhaps a little bit more quality against what Brighton... I team like Brighton would be classed as a relegation rival for Brentford. Yes. I know Brighton have started well. Um, so disappointing for them. Wolves, despite disappointing results, have played better, but they finally scored a goal, albeit the first one was an own goal. Um, and then the second one just um, killed that game off. Again, Wolves. I don't think are going to score many goals, and neither are Brentford this season. So I'm not expecting a classic. It's the early game as well. Often disappointing, I feel that one. So got to be honest, Dave. I will look for the result, but I'm not sure I'll be watching this game.
1: Well, we might have to move on pretty quickly then. But uh, looking at the way uh, the way these um, these uh, line up, if we don't think there's many goals, if we, if this is it, it. It kind of screams narrow Wolves victory, I suppose. Wolves by by a goal or so. Under two and a half goals is 1.54, which might be the, the way that you look at that. 1.86 for a Wolves win, generally is probably as, as good a price as you're going to get, uh, and, and unless I can convince you that this is going to be the goal fest that's going to light up the Premier League weekend. To, to win to sure nil,
0: Dave, how about that? Um,
1: uh, I will find the win to nil while uh, you talk amongst yourselves. Um, but Wolves to, win, uh, Wolves to win to nil is 2.85. Well, the I think both teams to score market. I think Brentford will look at this one and think, got a chance to get something from the game because
2: when you look at the next few fixtures, you're looking and thinking, wow, they've got a tough run. They've got Liverpool next, West Ham, Chelsea, Leicester, the top six sides. So you're thinking, we need to try and get something because if they don't, they're looking at them game thinking, where's our next point going to come from?
1: And that's what all these sides are going through. But particularly Brentford, it's how I, how are we going to get to 40 points this season? And it would have to be—it would be a marker, wouldn't it? If they got a win at, at Wolves, it would be a, well. Maybe there's this, there's more about them than we think. And 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 Brentford—they'll have aspirations to try and stay up this season. But um, it's interesting down the bottom how 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 it is going to work out and and which of which of the teams are going to be in in that battle. But you presume that Brentford would still be there. Uh, we'll move on then to uh, the uh, three o'clock kickoffs in the Premier League on Saturday um, we'll concentrate on one but talk, talk through um, all four of them because we've got uh, some big teams playing Liverpool and Manchester City both at home against Palace and Southampton respectively but um, the interesting one for me anyway is at Turf Moor uh, where they face an Arsenal side who uh, Neil I- I'm not sure there's too many Arsenal players who will be looking forward to well, particularly the kind of tackling that James Tarkovsky's putting in at the minute if uh, Richarlison has got himself off the floor as he did on Goodison, uh, at Goodison on Monday. But again, for Burnley, they need to start picking up points as well because is it is this the... I'm going to say it now. Where are we? September. Is this the year where Burnley struggle properly to stay up in the Premier League?
2: No, oh, do you know what? What a job Sean Dyche has done. Quite incredible. Um, want, he's a sort of manager and club. You want to see them stay up because of sort of the resources, what they're competing against. And he does it year in, year out. They're going to be up against it. Um, we, we know about Burnley style. They make it difficult. They make it uncomfortable. And they'll do the same. They'll need the fans to get behind it to make it even more uncomfortable for Arsenal at the weekend. Um, like you say, Arsenal go into that game knowing they are in for a physical battle. If they can stand up to that, we know that Arsenal have the better quality in players. They got a much-needed result last time out against Norwich, convincing, unconvincing, whatever you want to call it, they got three points. And that was something they were desperately needing. having seen the pressure building on, on Mikel Arteta. I think positives for Arsenal are Smith Rowe will probably start the game. He came off the bench against Norwich. I think he's a key player for them. And also Partey, he came off the bench. He's missed the, the, the early games, hasn't he, so far this the season. So, so there, a huge boost for Arsenal ahead of this uh, massive game. And of course no European football for Arsenal so they will be preparing for this game without the worry of uh, the European football
1: Uh, Arsenal scoring their first goal of the season uh, against uh, Norwich last week Uh, John looking at at Arsenal um, two defeats away away from home this season one to Brentford one to Man City uh, but they face a Burnley side whose home form is nothing short of absolutely wretched. They have not won at Turf Moor since the 27th of January in the Premier League. Uh, picked up a point against Leeds in their last home game. Uh, Bamford getting a late goal. With with Burnley, is it more a case of they've got at best 14 players that can get them through this season? And, and a game against Arsenal could really stretch them if Arsenal p- play... As the quality of some of their players suggest, I think
0: we can expect some rough stuff from Burnley. I think that's uh, there's no, there's no doubt about that. Uh, the performance at Everton, um, okay, I think Everton are a decent team these days, but um, it, it was di- it's disappointing, isn't it, to see Burnley just sort of revert to type like that? Um, I think uh, listen, the last time we were talking about. Um, Burnley perhaps being this season that was a season they were distracted by European football themselves and that isn't the case this season um, Sean Dyche is operating on a shoestring budget um, but against Arsenal um, well last week um, Mikel Arteta talked about how the 10-14 days leading up to the Norwich game were the best of his entire career that he enjoyed more than anything else that he had been involved in football and you know, I thought he had quite a good spell at Rangers, at, at, at Everton, and won cups at Arsenal. But who, who knows? But uh, setting aside the David Brentisms, uh, I think that there was a that they had to win that Norwich game. It's bought him a little bit of time, but I don't think that a fixture against Burnley is what he would have wanted next. Um, but I do think, uh, as you pointed out, Dave, the uh, that, that home run for Burnley is wretched. Um, one thing that Leeds game the other week the the home fans did get behind the team I think that will help them Um, Arsenal really have to win this game because uh, I think the manager is still under sincere pressure if they do lose it then the pressure goes right back on him doesn't it
1: Neil can you can you see Arsenal conceding here can you see Arsenal winning here we can make
2: an argument for both cases, can't you? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I agree with John about Arteta. I don't think he's safe. Um, and then the next game is Spurs. And we know how big that game is to the fans. And uh, um, so last thing he needs is to be getting a poor result here at, at Burnley. I, I actually believe Arsenal will, will get a result. I think Burnley will, will make it difficult. I mean, Burnley's clean sheet, you're talking about the home record. They just don't keep clean sheets. They're, they're organised as a team. But they haven't had a clean sheet um, yet this season. They had three at home all of last season and, and two of them teams got relegated. Relegated. So you're thinking, how are they going to keep a clean sheet against Arsenal? I know they've only scored once so far this, this season in Arsenal, but I just think the attacking quality they will, will have will will create a lot of problems for Burnley. So I, I see over two and a half goals in this game. Um, I think Burnley will get a goal, but I think Arsenal will, will run out winners um, 2-3-1. or
1: well, over two and a half goals is two. So bang on even money. Uh you'll so you'll you'll get your stake doubled if that came in for over two and a half goals. Uh, looking for Arsenal to win and over two and a half goals. Uh let me just find that one for you. Uh in the main markets. So well, both teams to score is one point eight three. Uh Arsenal to win and over two and a half goals. Scrolling down, I'll find that for you. Uh that is 3.35 for an Arsenal win and over two and a half. Uh John, just before I go through some goal scorers, what, what's your final thoughts on Burnley Arsenal?
0: I think Arsenal can win this game. I think, as Neil rightly points out, uh, both teams are likely to concede. So Arsenal to win, both teams to score. Um, let's see how. Let's see about that one, shall we?
1: Okay, lovely. So, uh, let's find that one for you. Uh, both teams to score is 1.83, and then Arsenal to win and both teams to score is four. So something in that for everybody there. Uh, that's Burnley against Arsenal. The first of our three o'clock kickoffs on Saturday. You're listening to Clubhouse Radio's preview podcast for the Premier League this weekend, uh, and let's uh, just whiz through the rest of the three o'clocks on Saturday. I don't think they're as open as open and shut cases as maybe they maybe they might be by the end of the day. But looking at the two. Uh, championship contenders in uh, Liverpool and Manchester City um, very quickly gentlemen uh, uh, Well, I go to Neil as the Liverpool expert on this one Liverpool against Crystal Palace Liverpool off the back of uh, uh, a right old ding dong against AC Milan in midweek uh, they face a Crystal Palace side who got themselves a win over a terrible looking Tottenham side last week I'm intrigued by Crystal Palace generally are you? Uh, I think they've got some exciting players I
2: think Edward was a good signing from Celtic got a couple of goals then he off the bench I think Alise fit as well is a big boost for them he came off the bench Eze's not fit yet but I think when they all get going I think Palace will cause teams problems I think it's a big ask for them to come to Anfield and do that Liverpool made four changes against AC Milan three that were probably rested for this game, Virgil van Dijk, Thiago and Mane. So they'll be fresh, hungry, ready to go again. Liverpool have been very good at start of the season. They finished the season very well. They had 30 shots against Leeds United. They could have had 10 goals in that game. They've had three clean sheets out of four. So with Virgil back there, that has certainly helped things. You're looking at this, Palace's record hasn't been great against Liverpool. I think Liverpool have won eight in a row against Palace. I think it's going to be nine in a row. Mane to score for me, Dave, is on 99 goals for Liverpool. I think he's going to make it number 100. Salah made it 100 Premier League goals last weekend. Mane to get 100 in a Liverpool shirt this weekend.
1: Uh, Sadio Mane is 2.2 any any time. Uh, 4.5 first goal scorer. That's Liverpool against Crystal Palace. Uh, John, I'm going to put you on the spot it with, with... Oh, Let's just take you through the, the prices actually for Liverpool against Crystal Palace, which is... Uh, a big price. Crystal Palace are 13 to win at Anfield, 6.75 the draw, 1.2 for Liverpool. But it is shorter at the Etihad, where Manchester City are 1.14 against 15 for Southampton, 8.25 the draw. Um, Pep Guardiola's uh, asked for people to come and support his side against Southampton <laughs> because they're a tricky team. And uh, no one's really bothered about the champ- going to watch Champions League games at the Etihad um will he need the 12th man that is the etihad against the southampton side who uh, again might this might be this
0: might be their year to go down well this might be their 9 nil uh, uh they do they do on in every season don't they but no um yeah pep has that habit doesn't he of, of, of really trumping up opposition that you would expect his team to roll over over the years i've seen him hail the likes of bournemouth brighton reading mm. you know you name it you know as his this crack opposition and then comes away with a 4-0 win or something like that um here's a guy in form for me uh ferran torres it's interesting isn't it he's this he seems to be the answer doesn't he to the, to the cure of uh to, to the to the, you know, no longer having Sergio Aguero and not trusting Gabriel Jesus, um, and I think perhaps placing quite a lot of faith in him. Um, and of course, uh, we saw a star was born. Spoke to a couple of City fans last night uh, about Jack Grealish. They're already in love with those carbs of his, and. Um, yeah, I, I, I fancy those two. To, to, I mean, Southampton have not been great this season, have they? Uh, as you say, this could be the one. Um, they're very much a streak team under Ralph Hausenhuttle. When he gets them clicking, they can be very, very good. And unfortunately, the last time they were very, very good, we're getting on towards 10, 12 months. Uh, you know, they were top of the league in November, let us remember. Um, and I think they're slightly short of the quality Um, Yeah, I can only see a a big Manchester City winning this game, to be quite honest with you.
1: Well, if you fancy, uh, as we're going all misty-eyed over Jack Grealish's calves and and, and (laughs) small shin pads, uh, 5.5 first goal for Grealish, 2.4 any time. But I think you're probably right, we're looking at lots of goals in this one. Over six and a half goals in the game is 14. Uh, I think you can get, I see, seven plus at 15. Uh, total City goals over 5.5 City goals is 18 if you think they might uh, go and score 6 again as they did in the Champions League in midweek. Southampton 2 score, 1 Southampton solitary goal uh, is 2.15 and City's defence is you know they, they conceded 3 against side, Leipzig yeah. you know uh, I'm not saying like RB Leipzig are at, well Southampton are in the same league as RB Leipzig <laughs> because they literally are not because uh, they're German uh, but uh, over one and a half goals for Southampton is six in that one. Uh, okay, one final three o'clock kickoff on Saturday uh, is scrolling down is Norwich against Watford. Um, anyone got anything to say about this one, <laughs> Neil? Uh,
2: yeah, I think it'll be all right. This one, uh, oh. I think both know the importance of the game, even though it's very early on in the season, and how much. It could be to take points off a relegation rival. Um, Norwich have had some terrible luck with the start of the fixtures, didn't they? They played Liverpool, City, <laughs> Leicester, and Arsenal. Okay, Arsenal, you could argue maybe not as tough, but they've had a tough start. This is the time where they have to get something from this game. A draw wouldn't be the end of the world, but they cannot lose this game, Norwich. Um, they've, they've made changes. I mean, for me, the biggest loss was Buendia. I think they really have missed him. Um, Watford, I think Watford are going to be a side that don't score enough goals this season. And so for that reason, I fancy Norwich to nick it by one goal to nil.
1: As they both were last season in the Championship. uh, Saar with the winner at Vicarage Road in the 1-0 win in December. And uh, star of ITV adverts, Dan Gosling, uh, scoring uh, away at Norwich City in April uh, to give them another one 0 win, John. Quickly, you think that's that's as uh, how it's going to work out again. Another narrow Watford victory.
0: Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go against Neil's assessment there. Yeah, that fixture list really wasn't kind to them at all. Um, I think the the factor that you would say that that really marks out Daniel Farker is he does remain positive, doesn't he? Uh, despite the fact that, well. This season could go the same way as the last in the Premier League, but um, he seems to remain phlegmatic. He seems to fancy this. And Watford uh, really are the mystery team for me this season. They have that sort of strange vortex of players that I confess, I don't know where they come from or where, where, they, where they get them from. It's sort of Craig Cathcart plus a few others. Um so it's difficult to know. I, I I'd probably make it a rule, don't bet on a Watford game because you just really don't know what you're going to get.
1: They're difficult to, I think it's something to do with the shirts, isn't it? They're just difficult to focus on. So who's replaying <laughs> playing where? Um, well, Watford are 3.2 to win this. Norwich 2.5. The draw is 3.25. If you like the 1-0 Watford win as this has been in the last two games, you can get eight on that one. Uh, that completes the three o'clock on Saturday. Uh, you're listening to uh, Sportsbet.io. This is Clubhouse Radio, and next up the evening fixture, which is I, I'm going to say this is a, this should be a corker. It's uh, Aston Villa against Everton, um, and two sides here, which Neil, I'm I'm intrigued by Everton. I think we've both been confident that Rafa would do something with Everton in a positive way uh, for Everton, um, and Aston Villa who've spent big could have. I mean. How did they lose 3-0 to Chelsea after that game?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, some people would have thought, yeah, I fancied that before the game. But Villa played extremely well and, and certainly deserved at least one, if not a couple of goals on the day. The keeper was on fire, wasn't he, Mendy for Chelsea. Um, I don't want to dampen the mood for Everton supporters. And maybe some people may say, because of my Liverpool um, bias... They've had a very kind fixture list, haven't they, to start the season. I know they've started well with results. but They've played Southampton, Leeds, Brighton and Burnley. I mean, surely they're expecting to get some points out of that. And they have done, in, in all fairness. Uh, Rafa has started well. No Calvert-Lewin in the last game. They won the game, which was... Um, I think that was a big result, to do it without a key man like that. Um, Aston Villa... The question is, is Buendia back on Martinez? Because we know with the the quarantine after they played for Argentina for six minutes or whatever long it was against Brazil, the game was called off. I believe they went to Croatia to isolate. I don't know if they're back available for this game. If they are, and when the team news comes through, I would certainly be swaying towards Aston Villa to respond from the defeat, which was harsh, 3-0 against Chelsea. And perform better in this one. So uh I think this is where Everton get the first defeat of the season and Villa get a
1: win. Aston Villa two point four to win at home. Uh Everton two point eight five, uh three point two is the draw. Uh John, this is a good old-fashioned traditional English match. Aston Villa against Everton, they will tell you how much they were part of the setup and have been for a long, long time. Uh but Villa Park, lights on, probably for a bit of the game. Uh Everton coming to town, this, this should be a good game to watch anyway, shouldn't it? And and Everton's defensive, I'm going to say frailties, not just Michael Keane if he plays, but they, they do have the, the ability to switch off now and again, as we saw against Burnley, but they can come back and they, they've got firepower as well.
0: If they haven't, that goal from Andros Townsend the other night reminded of just what he can do on occasion, you would say, not maybe not as often as he would like, but um, Neil will know that uh, Rafa likes to lock down games uh, a bit more than maybe Everton have done this season. Um, but but the signs are good. Um, I'd be slightly concerned about Villa Villa's defence. Um, I think Tyrone Mings probably didn't sleep too well this week after what happened at Chelsea. Um, few goals in this game for that that Saturday tea time special you'd have to expect that um, these teams really they're sort of almost gunning for the same spot aren't they you know it's like the, the, the Everton Cup of finishing 7th in the league I think Villa probably have designs on that um, with the Jack Grealish money um, yeah I, I, it, it, I find this one difficult to call I, I wouldn't be quite so confident as as Neil in, in an Aston Villa win Um a draw is not usually a good bet, but that's probably what I'd favour in this one. Uh,
1: We're well, looking at the prices, it's, I say, Villa 2.4, 3.2 the draw, and Everton at 2.85. Are we just expecting uh, goals as as you suggest there? Um, looking at the over 2.5, it is 1.95. Over 3.5 is 3.15. I think the traders are expecting a few goals in, in this one as well and if there are goals Neil who, who are we looking at getting them particularly Everton without Dominic Calvert for, for what seems like a, a, a longer period of, of time than than they would really hope there's been no timeline put on it uh, but you've got the likes of Danny Ings of Uh we might even see Salomon Rondon for Everton, he came, Everton. Off the, he
2: came off the bench didn't he um, I'll tell you who's done well when I was watching I think has had a really good start to the season hasn't he you know sort of a, a a slightly different role maybe under Rafa. We know that Townsend and Gray have, have, have certainly settled very well into to the Everton uh, jersey. Uh, Richardson will be asked to lead the line, I think, for that one. I, I'm looking at Danny Ings. That's Liverpool. He scored that wonder goal didn't he, in, in August, the overhead kick. I fancy him. He didn't score last week against Chelsea, but I think he'll get on the score sheet uh, this week. And Danny Ings is the one I like.
1: Ings at 2.4 any time. He is the favourite in the market at 4.5 first goal scorer. Uh, Richarlison and Rondon, 5.5 first goal scorer. Uh, Gray, as you mentioned there, 7 for first goal scorer, 3.3 any time. Um, and I mentioned Michael Keane, but he, he can get on the score sheet himself uh, with uh, uh, headers and whatnot from uh, set pieces. 17 first goal scorer, 7.5 uh, any time if you think he's going to start at the back. Buendira mentioned, uh, if he can if he gets a to, get to start, ten. First goal, 4.5 any time. And another of those players that's coming in for Aston Villa, Leon Bailey at 9.5, 4.35 any time. There's a few players... Oh, Decoré as well, who you mentioned, at 6 any time. Uh, 15, first goal scorer. Uh, so, uh, just to finish off, clear this one up. John, very quickly, what are you going for in this game?
0: I fancy goals and a draw in this one,
1: Dave. A scoring draw... Uh, i get the price for that uh Neil, are you looking at a, a villa win with with ings scoring a goal
2: yeah villa to win with ings to score
1: okay let's just find the uh, the tie markets uh as i scroll down Find this okay a score draw is 4.6 that's in the money line both teams to score market uh, tie with goals 4.6 is what we're going for on Aston Villa against Everton. And that completes your Saturday lineup in the Premier League. Coming up next, we will talk Sunday and just how super it might be. Don't forget, you can follow every second of every Champions League and Premier League game with Clubhouse Radio this season with sportsbet.io. Just find the link at the bottom of the screen as soon as you log into your account and listen along as you watch the game and get involved as well in the clubhouse here on sportsbet.io. Now it's time to look ahead to the Premier League games on Sunday, and there's three to be looking at. Uh, Two of them are, two have got kickoffs in the UK, and uh, that is Brighton against Leicester and West Ham against Manchester United, before we come on later to Tottenham against Chelsea. Brighton against Leicester then. Uh, John Bruin, uh, Leicester City, who are 2.65 to win this. Brighton are 2.65 as well to win this. Uh, the draw is 3.05. Uh, Leicester, I'm going to suggest Leicester are a team who are in, not saying trouble, but a downward spiral from where they have been the last couple of seasons. And this is not the kind of game I think that that they would appreciate against a Brighton side who have had an excellent start to the season.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, I'd suggest Brendan's probably a little disappointed with the way uh, Leicester have started. Um, I, I, I've ruled him out before, but I'm beginning to wonder about Jamie Vardy. Um, he, keeps it, no. he keeps being caught offside. So, he keeps being caught offside. Yeah, I mean, the, you have said Patrick, Jamie Vardy, get it nailed on. But It <laughs> no, um, keeps being caught offside, but it suggests to me, now I am no expert in the strikers art, well, but that maybe he's moving a little quicker than ahead of stuff because the pace quite isn't quite what it was. Now, he is 34, so happens to the best of us. Um, but, yes, uh, one thing to know, as I said before, I saw, saw Brighton last week. Um, they weren't that solid in defence, actually. They gave up quite a few chances. Uh, Adam Webster lim- linked off, which meant that that trio of dreadnought defenders that they have with Shane Duffy and Lewis Dunk was Broken up a bit, um, but in midfield, um, it's probably the battle. I think Eve Bissum is a player that a lot of people have talked about, and was talked about in the transfer market. Yuri Tillemans this week has been talking about will he sign a new contract and pretty much said no. Um, it's they are despite Brighton being, as Neil said earlier, perhaps one of the relegation contenders, they do look relatively well matched in this game because of Leicester's lack of form, but, you know, Brighton, three wins from four, but a kind fixture list. They're going to be full of confidence. I think Graham Potter talks very well about the game, and he's also very honest about the fact they've had an easy fixture list. Um, I think there's a lot of talk at the moment about, you know, where next for, for Graham Potter, um, and if he speaks the likes of Leicester, then that talk is going to increase. Um, I'm quite sure that he's laid out a plan for Leicester, though so I'm equally sure that Brendan's laid out some complex stratagem for Brighton. Um, interesting fixture, this one. As you say, um, let's see about Leicester. They do have an awful lot of talent, though, when, as soon as we, you begin to flip through the squad that they've got.
1: Uh, Brighton's fixture, list, as, as we mentioned, has has been kind and probably will continue to, to be kind in the kinds of games that they, they should be uh, gaining points from. They've got... Uh... Leicester this weekend, then away at Palace. Okay, then Arsenal. They have to they have to host Arsenal, which I'm sure they'll be happy uh, up for. Then away to Norwich, and then they face City at the end of October. So Neil, in in Brighton, it's a, it's a case for them of just getting points on the board as, as as early as you can and as many as you can. Yeah, I, I mean, we're
2: saying it's a kind of fixture list, but I think they still deserve credit because they've taken so many points from from those games and. And that's a big return, you know, from those games. They're on nine points already. Um, they'll look at this one not as a free hit, but because they're in such a great position, there's not that much pressure on them to, um, ahead of this one. My concern for Leicester is they play in the Europa League against Napoli, and Napoli are a decent side. And now I think perhaps they've got a few sort of injuries, maybe COVID things going on at Napoli, but that's a tough game for Leicester. They're at home rather than away, which is better for, for Leicester. And it's the question we always ask teams that play in Europe Thursday night. How will you recover and prepare for that Premier League fixture? And that'll be the case for Leicester. I know John was saying about Vardy being offside. I wonder if he's tempted to go Ian Acho and Vardy up top as the partnership because he didn't do that last game, did he, against City? I wonder if maybe this one, he thinks, more chance of having chances in the game. Um, So, again, it's how they come through the Napoli game ahead of this one. But I I look at Leicester and think, yeah, there's still there's still a very very good side that will cause
1: Brighton problems. So we think Leicester Leicester should should get a victory out of this, but Brighton are not to be uh, ruled out at all. John, your your final thoughts on this one?
0: I think uh, Leicester can win this one because of the amount of chances that that Brighton may cough up to them.
1: And Neil, are you are you confident Leicester can maybe maybe not just nick this, but take this reasonably comfortably depending on how they come out of that game against Napoli because we're, we're, this is recorded before the Napoli game yep. uh, so we'll see how that one goes but uh, they've had the extra game in midweek but still should have enough quality it's about, I think with Leicester, as you mentioned as John's mentioned, they're a quality side but they're not exactly firing at the start of this season, like some Madison, plays like that.
2: Uh, I'll, yeah, I'd be certainly swaying towards a Leicester victory and a Leicester victory to nil as well, I think they'll get a couple of goals and Brighton won't score.
1: Leicester to nil is 4.5. And then you've got... um, Both teams are scoring over two and a half goals in this game. If you think it's going to go a bit crazy at 2.4. Leicester to win and under 2.5 is 5.25. And if you like the score draw... uh, Let's just find that one for you. Because I've put myself in a hole there to try and find that. It's not on my list. Uh, the, uh, The score draw is... Four point seven five, the tie with goals. Uh, that's the first of the two uh, early-ish kickoffs on the Sunday afternoon in the Premier League. Uh, next up, we've got the second, uh, which is again looking on his list. Find it, come on. Uh, it is uh, West Ham against Manchester United. Of course, it is the uh, the Moyes Derby. Um, Neil Mella, how unfortunate, important, silly is it? That Mike, uh, that Mikel Antonio is not playing in this game against Manchester United.
2: I think Manchester United will be delighted that Antonio is not available for this fixture. Such a late red card as well; he'd be kicking himself over that one. Uh, disappointing. It's a huge blow for West Ham. But West Ham come into the same category as Leicester. They are playing in the Europa League. They're they've actually got a very tough game. They're over in Zagreb, away from home. So that again, the traveling involved. Um, uh, and and. The lack of European games in recent fixtures will be interesting to see how they handle that. I think a fully fit West Ham eleven, with a week to prepare for this game give Manchester United a run for the money. I think because of the Antonio suspension, because of that Europa League game, because United were turned over as well against young boys, they'll be saying, well, that was a blip. We're going to react. And unfortunately for West Ham, they are the next fixture. Ronaldo has been on fire two and two. Um, I'm sure he'll
1: be hungry for more goals as well. Uh, Ren- Ronaldo, who is, I mean, seems to be fit enough to play three games in a week. Um, and we'll see if he starts in this one. 1.83 any time. 3.75 uh first goal. You've got Bruno Fernandes at five first goal, 2.4 any time. Uh, Jesse Lingard to come back and break some hammer's hearts. 3.8 anytime. time. Nine first goal scorer, if you like uh, a proper mug bet like that. But the likes of Thomas Suchek at nine first goal scorer, 3.8 any time. Uh, there might well be goals in this. um, Possibly just due to the fact that both sides have have travelled in in midweek and also more likely from a Manchester United side, John, which is that they've had two two days more to prepare for this. Uh, Okay, they did play with 10 men against uh, young boys for a long time. um, But they will be ready to get back on this one. And their away form is nothing short of
0: stupendous in the Premier League. Yes, yes, and that's the... Well, these things have to come to an end at some point, don't they? Um, I don't think Ollie's a vindictive man at all, but I can't really see that Jesse Lingard bet coming off after um, his intervention against young boys the other night. Um, uh, yes, that we're talking about move music here, aren't they? With Manchester United after that 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 win against Newcastle, you know that the homecoming parade that was. Um, that was a bit of a slap of reality at uh, the young boys' game. Um, mostly because you know, there were questions over Ollie's game management, and that um, essentially, if you have Ronaldo in the team, uh, and especially if you drop down to t- 10 men, you, you're actually down to eight men for quite a lot of the time, or nine men, I should say, uh, or eight outfield men, because he isn't going to press. Um, in this game, though, uh, as, as both of you mentioned, um, West Ham are away in Zagreb. That's a long trip. Um, and they've got a few injuries. They've got a thin squad that they didn't really add too much over the summer, whereas United have added talent. Um, I can only see, really, a repeat of last season's victory for United or Manchester United, uh, which was I think it was a 3-1 win. Um in which they score goals on the counter Um, but uh, maybe David Moyes has got a plan in place but um, I I would imagine that he would recognise this is a difficult fixture and might be looking to to the next one Uh, Well yes I think that might be the
1: case here Uh, looking at Manchester United I mentioned they're 1.76 to win this uh, the over two and a half goals in the game is uh, 1.64 over three and a half 2.5 and if you're looking for Manchester United uh, to win this uh, maybe to nil 3.45 United to win to zero uh, with both teams scoring it's 3.15 and if you fancy a West Ham win and um, both teams scoring it is seven we'll uh, We'll we'll see with that one I, I, I'm, I'm in not intrigued, but I, I I also agree with John that, that Manchester United run has to come to an end at some point. Exactly, yeah. it, and it, it might should have done. Be a, how, how didn't Wolves? It beat how didn't
2: Southampton? Beat <laughs> well, there you no, go. No, that's
1: true, Neil. That's very true. Um, and we'll see if if Ronaldo plays, and if he doesn't play, what happens then? Is this that's a big squad he's got to deal with there, as Ollie. Um, okay, we come to the final uh, game of the weekend, and it is a uh, it is a doozy. Another one for the teenagers. There uh, it is uh, Tottenham against Chelsea, um, and a Tottenham side who started the season so well, and then then it wasn't great at Palace last week against a Chelsea team who uh, just looked like they are um, building and building and building. Okay, they had a A narrow victory in the Champions League in midweek. But Neil Meller, Chelsea at 1.76 to go to the Tottenham Stadium and and win a very short as an away team. Tottenham 4.3 and the draw is 3.5. Can you put up a bet that suggests Tottenham get themselves off the Selhurst Park canvas and beat Chelsea? No. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm all in on Chelsea this weekend. Absolute banker. They
2: have looked superb, haven't they, so far? They us see Lukaku. Lukaku is in incredible form. You've got to think he's going to score in every game. He's been that good. Harry Kane uh, is staying, but didn't even have a shot, did he, against Crystal Palace? So, obviously... I don't blame him. I look at the style of play and thinking: surely, if you've got a player like that, play to his strengths. Maybe be more adventurous. But as we know with Spurs and the manager, I don't think they will be this season again. They're in this what's it called a Europa League conference? This new competition, which GM Vauxhall Europa Conference, yeah, yeah. which yeah. which you're thinking: do they really want to be in it? Um, but they're in it. They play Rennes away, so that's an away game for them. Two days less preparation. Chelsea had a tough game against Zenit, um, but but came through that one with with Lukaku. What I would say is, though, Chelsea made, how many changes they they made, a number of changes for that game against Zenit. The squad is so strong. They're bringing players in. Um, I mean, Mount and Christensen didn't even get on the pitch against Villa, uh, and they win the game 3-0. Jorginho was a sub. Aspaluqueta was a sub. Verno was a sub. There's, there's, There's so much... Freshness and quality within that Chelsea squad. So yeah, Dave, I cannot make an argument for Spurs. They've got one of the best strikers in the world, Harry Kane. But unless they start playing to his strengths, then I fear for Spurs in this one.
1: Uh, John, is is this going to be similar for Lukaku in the way that he played against Arsenal? In that he might well get freedom of the park depending on who who he's up against, and even doesn't really matter who he's up against, particularly. Apart from maybe Virgil van Dijk, who, and, and Joel Matip, who did did well with him. Does he have a, a free reign against a, a Tottenham back line that, that just looks a bit
0: rank? <laughs> uh I, I think the statistic is that he's had six chances so far this season. This is Lukaku. Scored four of them in four matches. That's deadly, isn't it? Um and uh he's taking his chances. Chelsea seem to be in that groove of not having to play that well and yet winning games which is a very good sign at this point in the season um and spurs yeah like like a few people i was taken aback a bit by just how poor their performance was at crystal palace i perhaps should have given crystal palace a bit more credit for the talent they've got in their squad um but nuno is gonna nuno and he played three what was his midfield trio was harry winks skoburg Skip Uh, and skip. Yeah, that's not particularly creative, is it, Neil? Um, I think they're all good players, but they're all good players that play a fairly similar position. Uh Emerson Royal had a nightmare. Uh, and I would think that Thomas Tuchel will detail one of his well, multitude of wingers uh to to try and sort of try and push against that weak point. Um listen. Harry Kane wanted to leave because there was a weak Tottenham squad and that hasn't really been arrested. Um, three points lane, the Chelsea fans call it, don't they, when they go up to Tottenham. Um, I think <laughs> I think they've won four of the last five uh, against Tottenham. I can't really see beyond a Chelsea win. Sorry, Tottenham fans. Yeah, Neil, I
1: mean, they're going to be without Tanganga, who got himself sent off stupidly. Second yellow very quickly last week. Um, uh, Eric Dyer went off injured early on. Uh, Tottenham might have, well, who's going to play at centre back? They'll have Reggae on Emerson at full back. Joe R- Rondon will play centre half, won't he? And to be honest, I thought ben, that was maybe done. Ben Davis at centre half. I mean, yeah. no wonder Palace licked their lips in the second half looking at what they were faced in terms of a back four. Yeah, I mean, Spurs, they, they knew it was going to be
2: a difficult season. I think the Spurs fans will be honest to say that top four was always going to be a big ask. I know they started well with that win against City, a couple more 1-0s, um, but back to reality, I think, against Crystal Palace. I know they played for 10 men for a lot of that game um, and, and it was 0-0, wasn't it? But ju- just the lack of chances they create is a concern. And, the, and I'm sure the Spurs fans aren't particularly enjoying this style of football, even though they do have one of the best strikers in the world. And they watch Chelsea at the weekend and think, Call, we're nowhere near them uh, and that's the fear i have for spurs that they are nowhere near chelsea at this moment in time and and chelsea could really go there and win the game convincingly
1: uh well the goals uh markets uh looking at them individually Well, i say that's over goals over two and a half goals is 2.05 in the game which i think is is pretty good just over even money over three and a half is 3.45 but if you're looking at uh Chelsea goals over two and a half. Chelsea goals is three point nine five. Over three and a half Chelsea goals is ten point five. It it could get a little bit. Um, I'm going to say tricky for Tottenham, but I don't think that's the word. Is it, it? could get it could get nasty if Chelsea feel that they can go there as they normally do and pick up three points, but really just you know put the put the the marker down and uh, and show the Tottenham where they should be and where Chelsea are because Chelsea are a, a side who are. Well, European champions and going places.
0: Yeah, I suppose the only thing is that Tuchel isn't a manager that really makes his teams go for the throat of the opposition, does he? So um, he has a tactical approach, and they win the game via that tactical approach. And he's listen, what what the, the one the first thing that he brought to Chelsea when he took over from Lampard, Frank Lampard was to just make them so solid, which is why they can win games to nil. Uh, yeah, I mean, they look awesome, Chelsea. And the more I see of them this season, the more I think that they probably be my pick to win the the title overall. Uh apologies, Liverpool and City fans. But um long way to go. Long, long, long way. To of go. course there's a long way to go, Neil. I totally agree with you. But um you have to say, don't you, that they've got talent throughout the squad and whichever players he's brought in throughout this season and from that big squad have all done well for him so far and that is a good sign too.
1: Are we going the Chelsea
0: win to nil? I think so, yes.
1: That is 2.8. Uh, if you think Tottenham win this one to nil it's 7.5. Uh, Chelsea to win from behind that market there's the, there's the, uh, the specials markets uh, on your console 9.75 and uh, Tottenham to do the same is 16. There's a lot more markets down there as well including you have the the half-time, full-time and over two and a half goals mixed in, if you fancy that. The Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea and over two and a half goals is 4.6. That's Chelsea to be leading at half-time, to be leading at full-time and to score and to have over two and a half goals in the game is uh, 4.6. Uh, Neil, are you looking at anything other than a standard, confident Chelsea victory at the lane?
2: I think that's the obvious one, isn't it? But what I would say is with Harry Kane on the pitch, don't rule him out to get a goal. You, you know, he's just got that ability to nick a goal and may well keep Spurs in the game. So ugh, I'd be tempted to to back Kane because his odds will probably be high highest that they may be for for any game of
1: football, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I fancy Chelsea to win it. Yeah, the uh, Kane is actually six to score first, which is uh, a lot longer than he would have normally been for a home game uh, for, for Tottenham. 3.1 any time uh, behind... Uh, it's actually the same price as Timo Werner to to score a goal uh, first or any time at 6 and 3.1. Lukaku, uh, 3.8 first goal scorer at 2.15 at uh, any time. And you can get a couple of, uh, let's see, where's the Lukaku doubles and trebles. Let's see if you can find is uh, to score two or more is seven for Lukaku. And the hat-trick is 31, if you fancy that. <laughs> uh, that is uh, Tottenham against Chelsea, the final game of... Uh, a very interesting weekend in the Premier League and thank you once again to uh, former Liverpool striker Neil Mellor and to journalist John Bruin as well thank you guys cheers, cheers Dave fun. cheers Dave excellent stuff don't forget uh, you can get involved in the Clubhouse on Clubhouse Radio get involved in the chat room as well and there's all sorts of giveaways during Clubhouse Radio uh, while we are on air through every Champions League fixture and every Premier League uh, game that is available and there's plenty of them every single week. Uh, This is sportsbet.io, the uh, Clubhouse Radio Premier League preview is a Sportsbet Media production and we will hopefully, definitely speak to you next week.
0: Clubhouse Premier League betting previews with sportsbet.io Previewing every game of the English Premier League. Listen to Clubhouse Radio with sportsbet.io for all the best bets as the games are being played. played. Please gamble responsibly.